course our minds are fixed on the weather right now. We know that we're going to get a lot of rain and wind, but we are praying especially for our friends, our brothers and sisters in New Orleans, Lake Charles, that area. And surely during Mass we'll have the alarms go off on our phones. That can be an opportunity for us to pray for those who are in harm's way. Today's readings all seem to go together. And I say that that's kind of a surprise in that we know that the first reading and the gospel are selected to go together, to kind of bring out a common teaching, a common theme. And the second reading is usually on its own cycle. It's usually from the letters of St. Paul or today, St. James or St. Peter or Jude or others. It doesn't often kind of gel with the, the other. I don't mean gel, that's not a theological term. You know what I mean. But today they all seem to point clearly to one teaching, and that is the positive nature of the law. The positive nature of the law. Now even when I say that, especially in our culture, that almost sounds like an oxymoron. Because we were, our country was founded on the, 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 the nature, the idea that we would be free from outside laws, from a law that it, laws that are imposed upon us to take away our freedom. We value more than anything here in this country the freedom of speech, of together, religion, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So it's ingrained in us when we hear about the law, we kind of think that, well, it's negative. It's something from the outside to keep us down or keep us obedient or something like that. But this is not what God's law does for us. God's law not only does not keep us down, but it frees us up to know and love the greatest good, and that is God. God's law is basically God revealing a roadmap to us, saying, I want you to share life with me. I want you to share in the divine life here on earth, and here is how you can do it. Notice in the Pentateuch, that is the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, when God reveals the law to our ancestors through Moses, notice what they don't do. They don't cry. They don't say, oh no, ten more things that we have to do. It says instead that they danced, they sang, they wept, and they praised God. And they looked at each other and they said, imagine God not only is telling us how to live, he's showing us, he's giving us the way to live like that, to know him and love him and serve him. So that's the nature of the law. So Moses gathers the people together before they are to enter the promised land. Remember, Moses didn't get to enter the promised land because of his disobedience with the water and the rock. If you don't know that story, read it. It's a good story. But Moses gathers them up and he says, listen, my people, he says, before you enter the promised land, you must reaffirm your commitment to the law. Don't sway to the left or to the right of the law, but keep God's commandments, because then you will truly be happy. Again, notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say because you need to be obedient to God. We do. But he says this way you will find what God wants for you. You will truly find freedom, and other nations will see how good and wise and intelligent you are. This goes along well with the gospel from Mark today, for we see, yet again, some of the leaders of the faith are confronting Jesus and accusing him of sinning, of him and his disciples of sinning. 
He said, why do you and your disciples not purify your hands in the proper way before you eat? And then Mark goes on to say that there are many rules like that, the purification of jugs and kettles and beds and things like that. And it gives Jesus a perfect opportunity to teach on the positive nature of the law. He says to them, basically in effect, look, those are important things. Those are part of our laws. Those are very important. But don't ever forget the most important law or commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. When Jesus got angry in the Gospels, and he did a couple of times, it was because people were focused on the wrong things. They were so concerned about these little things or these separate issues that they forgot to love. They forgot why God gave us the commandments. As Jesus said, loving God with all our mind, heart, and soul, and loving our neighbor as ourselves. So you know Jesus is serious when he says what he said today, hear me, all of you, and understand. Nothing that goes into a person can defile them, but look what's coming out of you, Jesus would say. Hatred and murder and lust and anger and unchastity, etc. That's what you should be focusing on without neglecting everything else. And finally then, the, the, in the second reading, in the book of James, James is telling the early Christians, the early church, the same thing, basically. He said, we have to remember that God gave us the law. He gives us the word so that we can not just hear it and have it in our hearts, but live it. Be doers of the word, he said, and not just hearers only. And then he sums it all up in that last sentence in today's reading. Religion that is pure is this, assisting the widows and the orphans, that is, people in that day who are most vulnerable and most in need and keeping oneself unstained in the world. That's what it comes down to. Religion that is pure and undefiled is reaching out to those in need and keeping oneself unstained before God and the world. Even though these were written and pronounced thousands of years ago by Moses and Jesus and James, I think it's relevant for us today. For we need to remember in every generation the most important part of the law of God, and that is love loving God with all our mind, heart, and soul, and loving our neighbor as ourself. And we need to remember the words of James, religion is helping those who are most in need and keeping ourselves pure before God and the world. I say this because, like our ancestors, we tend to get caught up in so many issues, and they're important, and they're emotional, and they're very, very vital to our faith and our life on earth as citizens of the world and in the church. But like our ancestors, we tend to focus so much on each individual issue that that becomes almost like our religion. Or we judge others, the others' faithfulness by where they stand on certain issues. And in the age of the internet and social media and 24-hour news, we whip ourselves into a frenzy and we're ready to divide ourselves and others and judge people. I think we need to be called back by Moses, Jesus, and James today. Not to say we don't care about those, we do, and we need to ask the Holy Spirit to guide us to answer these very difficult questions today. But we need to remember above all that God gave us the commandments so that we could share in his divine life, so that we could know him and love him and serve him in the world. Religion that is pure and undefiled is caring for those who are most in need 
and keeping oneself unstained in the world. I pray that all of us may embrace God's law, God's law of love and mercy and justice, without neglecting all of those other issues that confound us and confront us today. But rather, may we approach these issues and ask God's help to resolve these issues through the lens of love and mercy and justice. God has given us his law of love, a law for all times. God has sent his Holy Spirit among us and he sent his only son to teach us the way to him. It simply is this, love, love your Lord, the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. I pray that we may embrace God's law, not just once, but again and again and again, so that we may truly be free. We may live and love as God intends us to. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself.